This episode of The Concession Stand is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites. It's a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all of the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head on over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn to sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site and get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash popcorn, or just use the promo code popcorn at checkout for your first month free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Tawny from the Dirty Bits Podcast, and you're listening to Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games, don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. back to the Concession Stand Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are glad to have you on board for episode number 63. I'm Nick Howell, and sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. We are a mere five days away. It's going on right now. I know. Like, the, the world premiere of Infinity War is happening as we speak. I have friends who are there, so we have to be on an internet lockdown for the next couple of days yes. until you and I see it and we get our review out. But yeah, I'm I'm crazy excited for this movie. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about Movie Pass. Uh, James Cameron is, is is upset with us. Because right? he's James Cameron, explorer <laughs> of the deep. Yes, he is. Oh, and a new Venom trailer just dropped. You'll hear our reactions. But first, Nick, tell us a little bit more about Orbital Jigsaw and where people can find us. Yes, you can find this and other shows over at orbitaljigsaw.com. And you can find this show on Facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand. Or come follow us on Twitter at concession stand. Come over, hang out with us. Let us know your thoughts on the show on iTunes or Podchaser. Leave us a review and if you like what we're doing head on over to patreon.com slash concession stand throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or sign up to do your very own stone cold salute on an upcoming episode so like i just said infinity war is coming out this weekend finally i'm literally yeah twitching as we thought more about it we never really paid attention to like the or we're given i guess really any reason to care about these infinity stones yeah right uh, the gems in the comics, like those things that, yeah, they're all like the gauntlet and all that stuff. We've seen glimpses of it, uh, where they were or why they mattered in the grand scheme of things. Right. So what we wanted to do in this episode in particular was give you a rundown of the official concession stand order of the films that you should watch them or as we think you should see them. And kind of along the way, just track the discovery and relevance of the stories as, as they apply to the upcoming Inf- Infinity War film that's premiering as we speak why you need to know about this to truly enjoy the marvel (laughs) of what they have accomplished through three phases 18 movies and 10 years of the marvel cinematic universe it's quite an accomplishment it is um we're we're gonna approach this in two ways we want to like use this as a refresher course for people like you and I that have seen all these movies, you know, in the theaters and on Blu-ray and own them forever. Uh, and we also want to use it as a connector for those um, that that like you've seen it and you want to understand like this other part of it that now makes sense. Um, but we also want to use it as kind of an MCU for dummies. Maybe you haven't seen it. Like I know your girlfriend hasn't watched all the Marvel movies and you're going through them right now. Yeah. Um. So we want to use this as a as a platform for all of our listeners. 
And most of our listeners are probably fans of all these movies. However, you've probably not thought about it in a certain way. So what we're going to do tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this is kind of give you an idea of what you should know going into this big event movie, which arguably is a culmination of all of these 18 movies. 18! There has not been a series of 18 movies other than James Bond, potentially, over the, the test of time. We're now going to see all this stuff that we've been watching come together right now. Well, before we break this down, I, I want to go over the aptly titled Infinity War. Right. Stands for the Infinity Stones that yes. are coming together, as you just mentioned, or gems, as they're referred to in the comics. So let's go over the, the five Infinity uh, wait, Stones. Wait, there's six. Six? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, let's go over those Infinity Stones and what their capabilities are. We'll, we'll talk about where they are in the grand scheme of things when we go over the actual timeline later. So these things are, are the classic movie MacGuffin, as it's called. It's a thing that you don't know about or a thing that it's like this, something that the hero is chasing, something that the hero is trying to get to. So the MacGuffin in the Crystal Skull of Indiana Jones, that movie that we won't name, is the Crystal Skull. Why does it matter? Uh, the, the, why does this thing matter? Why does this thing matter? It's like a thing that we don't know much about that, that a hero is chasing. So our heroes in the Marvel Universe have been chasing this sort of Infinity Stone thing that they've dropped us hints at over all of these years, and now we're finally figuring out what that MacGuffin, that thing is, because now not just one MacGuffin, but six of them matter. Well, they've been disguised as other things. Right. I think that's one of the interesting things to sure. call out, and we'll go over some of those as we get to the actual timeline of events. But l first, let's go over these stones. Uh, right. So the first one that we really ran into was the Tesseract, yes. which is the housing for the blue Infinity Stone, or it's known as the Space Stone, right? Right. So that that the power of the Space Stone is apparently about time travel and enhanced weaponry. Mm, okay. So next up, we had the Yellow Mind Stone, yes. right? And we last saw this in the uh, Loki's Scepter, or the Chitari? Yeah. Chitari? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's now in Vision's forehead, and right. that's kind of all we really know about it. Which is confusing, because it's the Yellow Mind Stone, but it, it glowed like blue in that scepter, right? Hmm. So the power of that stone is it actually lets you control the minds of others. Hmm. That's interesting leading to, you know, it can also apparently transform you into a fleshy red robot into Paul, Paul Bettany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, don't forget about the red reality stone. Now, which, this is the one I don't really know anything about. Because of the movie that it was in. <laughs> okay. What is the red reality? Oh, no, we found it in Dark World. Thor yeah. Dark World. It's known as the Ether with an A. Correct. Uh, and if we saw the the very end of that movie in the ending credits, it was the introduction of the Collector, right? Uh, played by Benicio del Toro, right? Yep. Which will come into play. I'm assuming we're going to see this guy again potentially. I would hope so in Infinity War. I hope so. So, what is it the um, the Red Reality Stone does? It uh, it apparently is a red floating liquid that attaches to a host and makes them stronger, and also makes Natalie Portman not appear in Marvel movies anymore. Oh, all then. Uh, when we last saw that, it was with Malcavelli, Mal or Mal I can't remember what his name was in Dark World. What was the villain, the bad guy's name? It was a Teletubby. What was the... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't remember. That's the, one, on. that's the one we want to just chop out of the Marvel exactly, Universe, but sure. Exactly. Fine. Uh, next up, the fourth stone was the purple, known as the Power Stone. Right. Uh, we last saw this in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first film. It was the thing Star-Lord was hunting for at the very beginning of the film, and, you know, in, eventually... it. Progress throughout the rest of the film, which we'll focus in more uh, as we get to the timeline. But what does the Power Stone do for you? So it gives you incredible power, superhuman strength, and the power of killing all organics of a planet just by touching the surface of said planet. Oh, my goodness. So if that stone hits Earth, right. everything Wipes out dies. all of life. Holy smokes. 
Uh, the fifth stone is the green stone, which probably the most recent one that we've seen. Uh, it's known as the time stone. Yep. And we last saw that uh, in the Eye of, Eye of Agamotto, I think is how you say that, <laughs> which is the necklace pendant thing that uh, Doctor Strange had. And as far as we know, it's currently still in his possession. As far as we know, yes. Yeah. yeah. So what does the green time stone do? Well, it allows the bearer to manipulate time, allowing them to rewind or fast forward through events or create a time loop, which Doctor Strange did in the back half of the Doctor Strange movie. Right. We've That's seen how he that. beat the cloud villain, yes. the guy. <laughs> yes, we've seen that power at work. Yes. Uh, and uh, earlier you corrected me. You said there was a sixth stone. I didn't know about this one. It's it's the orange stone known yes. as the soul stone. Yep. Uh, we have no idea where this is. Uh, it hasn't really been established, but we have some theories uh, of our own on this, uh, and we expect to know more about it wi- within the Infinity War film. Right, so it has the ability to manipulate the souls of the living and opens up a gateway to a pocket universe. Ooh, pocket universe. That not, sounds not, very handy for not Thanos. Not Pokemon pocket monsters, but <laughs> Pokey pokey universe yes uh thanos is going to find that very handy if it does show up it also the, here's the big one though it actually gives you the power to st- or it gives you the ability to steal the power of others what the powers of others so if you had the soul stone maybe you could suddenly have the powers of superman wait wrong universe but yeah you get what i'm saying yes absolutely um at its full potential it also gives its user the full power over all life in the universe seems like the most powerful stone yes uh yeah. <sighs> Okay. Now, wait. Now, wait. I will say this. Yep. There is a chance, and I know you didn't see Black Panther, but I did. Yep. Um, there is a chance that it's probably a Wakanda because there's a meteor that hits. It has like an orange glow to it, and there's like this underground thing. Uh. So there's a good chance, and we've seen the, the, the images from the trailer. There's a lot of stuff that happens in Wakanda of the Infinity War trailer. There's a chance that good old Thanos is headed to Wakanda to try and get that soul stone. Let's, uh, let's dive into that because that's kind of actually one of the ending films of our own timeline. So... There's a rundown of the different colored infinity stones. Yep. Uh, doing this exercise in this research was kind of uh, a, a, an exercise for me because I, did, I was one of the ones. I didn't really pay attention to all of these different stones and the objects and the MacGuffins, as you called them. Yeah. Uh, I was more concerned about, oh, cool, Jarvis is putting a robot suit on Iron Man. And yeah, exactly. He's flying around and blowing up Kibler and it, that, you know, There's a blue glow. There's a purple glow in Guardians. I and mean, look, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm a comic book guy, but I'm more on the DC side. So I don't... I don't necessarily understand like the Infinity Gauntlet stuff as much as I probably should. Yeah. I'm mean, a full disclosure there, right? Yeah. So let's say you're going to go see Infinity War and you want to catch up in the next four days. You essentially have to <laughs> either watch 40 to 50 hours of movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a bunch of DVD extras to catch up. Or if you're listening to this and you just want to like a primer cheat sheet of how to watch the filmography of the MCU and fully understand how the Avengers assembled and all these events that are leading up to this thing that's coming out, which I again, I think is going to be a huge movie. Yeah. I'm sure you know all of these films and characters exist, just like I do, but let's say you don't, right? Yeah. Let's pretend that we are are going in fresh, and I'll play the guy that maybe hasn't seen him yet or doesn't understand all this MCU mumbo-jumbo. And again, full disclosure, we watched these movies over the last 10 years and was like, hey, look, there's like, a, like Loki picks up the Hulk, and or Hulk picks up Loki and throws him around, and like all these things happen, there's blue glows, and like we didn't really like take it into account until now. Now we want to know... Why all of these like glowing things yeah. actually matter? Why is Thanos coming to to start the Infinity War? What is the point of it? Who's if this you're not Thanos a, guy, exactly. If you're not a Marvel fan or whatever, but if if you if you want to figure it out and if you want to watch the movies in the order that we think, which we're about to give you, yeah. what would you start with, Nick? Um, I think we've both decided that you have to start with Captain America: First Avenger because it really starts the timeline 
of everything. It it's it's set in the forties. You're exposed to Howard Stark uh, before you ever get to Tony Stark, his son. Yep. Um, he is legitimately the first Avenger, as the title says. Um, and it for the first time, it really introduced Nick Fury after the time jump at the end of the film when Cap runs out and he's in the middle of Times Square and all the Porsche SUVs roll up and like, yo, Cap, yeah. chill out, dude. Spoiler alert, sort of. But what we, like, here's, here's what we're saying. Like This movie, chronologically, as far as the release, Captain America was the fifth of the Marvel movies right. released. We're telling you to watch this first. Yes. Based on chronological order of time yes. and how it's going to set it up. So again, we're going to run through uh, all 18 movies in this. And let's say you're driving in your car. Let's say you're, you're listening on a plane or something like that. And you don't have a chance to write all this down. It's all going to be in the show notes for this show. So you can go back and figure this out again. If, if you're, if you're, if you've just seen infinity war and you don't know anything, you can go back and listen to this and, and figure it out. If you have seen all the movies and you want to kind of do like a, a checklist sort of thing, that's what we're trying to give you today. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Iron Man first and second movies, which we think should be viewed basically together. I agree. Because the story of the second one picks right up where it leaves off. You know, Tony's go flying into his trade show, yep. quick kissing Gwyneth Paltrow and jumping out of a plane. Uh, and it's, you know, it's already part of something larger. Uh, right. But Tony Stark doesn't know it yet, right? Right. He thinks he just escaped a cave and built this crazy AI called Jarvis, and it started putting like a robot suit on him. And he has a hint of some of the things that his dad did that were sort of like a dark thing, that like right. like some sort of like dark world that he was not dark world, but it's something he was involved with. God, important, I hope he wasn't involved in the important dark world. thing to to bring up about Iron Man one and two again. If you watch those back to back, so in our timeline, these would be movies two and three, yep. right? We do get the introduction of Black Widow. Right. And we also get to see Nick Fury a little bit again in a donut shop. But we've already introduced him in our world. Right. It's just like a button at the end of like uh, Captain America. And it's like, hey, who's this guy? Now we kind of find out a couple things in buttons. Sure. Yeah. Next up, we, we this one was a controversial one, but we ultimately decided to do it uh, is the Incredible Hulk. Right. Um, it, because you need to understand the super soldier program that uh, allowed the scientists to turn into abomination. Correct. Um, also, in this one, at the very end, there's a button after the credits where uh, Tony Stark gets to talk to General Ross about Abomination and the super superhuman program, super soldier program. Sorry, what we're saying right off the bat is if you're gonna, if you've never seen any of these movies, you have to watch all the credits. Or if you have the ability with uh, streaming or a disc, whoever uses those anymore, right. make sure you stay through the credits and then watch a button because the Marvel movies are notorious for having a sort of button thing at the end of them that sets up potentially the next movie. Now, the thing about this is. Uh, Incredible Hulk was actually the second movie released chronologically. We're saying in our order, it's number four. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to watch Thor uh, because it connects the first films with the continued S.H.I.E.L.D. presence. And I believe it was the end of Iron Man 2 where you got to see Agent Coulson going out to the desert to find this mysterious right. hammer that had crashed down. Right. That was the button that you were just, the Easter eggs that you were just referring yep. to in the credits. Um and it showed the the movie goes out on a shot of the hammer. So we go into Thor out of uh, out of Hulk and Iron Man two because it's it's just there. It's a great introduction. It's an origin story of sorts. Uh, it also introduces us to Hawkeye, who eventually becomes yeah. One we of the see Avengers. him. We we see him like uh, we, it, when Thor's breaking into like that compound or whatever. Right. There's like a thing. There's like yeah, I got the shot. And like you just see this guy. They don't ever mention the fact that he is Hawkeye, but all of us fans know that it's him. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, this ultimately leads us to the first Avengers film. We've gotten all of the Avengers at one point, and now we're gonna assemble right in our version. Yes. Yes. In in our timeline, this is where you should watch Avengers. Uh, we also get the introduction of the Tesseract. 
uh, which does, as we said earlier, has the blue Infinity Stone inside of it, but they do nothing to allude to that within the movie. We just know it's this blue glowy cube that gives people power. Right. The super fans know that's a Tesseract, that's a blue stone, but like this cube that you're seeing as a as a fan that may not know things about this, that's important because yeah. it's the first introduction of a thing that's going to eventually become a part of the Infinity Stones. Yes. Other thing that's important here is we actually finally get to see uh, Thanos whether we see I think we I think we see his voice or we hear his voice or we see like a like a blurred glimpse of him but the big thing about this of the Avengers movie obviously we brought everybody together yeah we've established that Loki's like a villain in the in the DCU that's a big one because um, but the other thing is is now we've assembled the team and at the end of that movie they are all like in the I think it's Columbus Circle in New York yeah and after they've saved New York from the big destruction and the Hulk is the Hulk now. Iron Man flies up in with a nuke and right. shuts and the then, portal down. And then they all go their separate ways. At least that's how that movie ends, which will then lead us to our next movie, which we think we should do, is now Thor is going to return to the Asgard world and we're going to figure out what's going on there. So we think you should watch Thor Dark World next. It's arguably, it's not even arguably, it is my least favorite of the 18 movies. Yes. Hands down. It's tough to watch. Hemsworth is great. He's not the Hemsworth, funny Hemsworth, the funny Thor from Ragnarok, which we'll get to in a little while. But um, it, it takes us back into Asgard. We hear a little bit of a backstory of the Loki character and the Thor character that you've just met if you're watching in our order, right? So, and it also actually introduces the second Infinity Stone. Yeah, the Red Stone. Which, I again, I just totally forgot about, but, it, but that's the only time that we really see it and we see its power. Right. Right? And I think I misspoke earlier. This is the film where we meet Benicio Del Toro, the Correct. collector, yeah. uh, in the credits, in that Easter egg button that you referred to. Um, the only reason I say that Thor Dark World even needs to be on this list is because of those two things. Right. You need to know about the Red Infinity Stone and you need to meet the Collector, which you could basically skip the entire movie and just watch the button in the end of the credits and understand that this guy is the Collector and he's got the Red Infinity Stone. Which is tough. Again, if you're watching it in our order and you've done like all these things and like Avengers, like, oh, Avengers, and now you show them Dark World. It's like, mm, I don't know. Oh, yeah. mm, okay, well. Um, but again, it's, it's important, like you just said, because of that Red Infinity Stone. Yeah. It's pivotal to the collector himself, Benicio del Toro's character, is very pivotal to the collection of, and the, of all of these stones as we get more and more through this. Uh, next up, we've got the first Guardians of the Galaxy film, and we're really getting into the cosmic side of the MCU with this one. Right, and if you're playing along at home with us, you've just watched Thor Dark World, so now you're still kind of off Earth because yep. Earth is safe because we've saved it from all of this stuff that's happening, right? right? So let's see what's going on. Oh, we're going to meet these brand new characters you've probably never heard of. And now we're in this amazing cosmic universe, right? And then we're going to see the third Infinity Stone, like right off the bat. Like in the opening credits, uh, they do the funny dance thing with the opening credits where Star-Lord's running around. And we don't even know who this character is. And he gets this this ball and it's got the purple stone in it, which we find out. And his whole thing is to go get basically a bounty for getting this thing and get the money for collecting this thing. And he's going to go take it to the collector, which, again, if you're watching in our order, you've already met Benicio del Toro, the connector, collector. And now we're headed to him. It could be he could be called the connector as well. Yeah, he's connector. kind of connecting all of this stuff. What do you have a shrubbery? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. Also, and at the end of this movie, we finally see the true power of an infinity stone for the first time. So it right. took finding three of these things before we really understood what they were capable of. Yes. And uh, with the purple stone just decimating the collector's. Is, was it his vault or his secret it's, layer? It's or when they finally it bring it to him, and like it, it blows everything up and things blow up. But they yeah. eventually take this thing back to um, uh, Xandar, the home of the Nova Corps. 
And then there's the big standoff at the end where they all have to like hold the purple stone together to save the world from whatever it is. Right. That's the end of Guardians One. And then uh, we we think that the purple stone is now kept deep inside the the vault of the Nova Corps, and they're going to keep it safe from the bad guys. That MacGuffin is now safe over here. Right. And in our timeline, uh, the collector would also already have gotten the red stone from Dark World. Right. Right. And I, as I, as I'm thinking through this, like I don't know when when everything blew up there, like what happened to that red stone i mean they never really i don't think they ever really revisited that yeah over these we just kind of assumed that the collector's gotten the red one already. yeah and then howard the duck shows up yeah and, and the, every that movie just gets weird oh did i ruin the button again <laughs> i guess oh, i no. did uh of course we're going to follow up directly with guardians of the galaxy 2 because there's no real gap there or no reason it picks up yeah. right where the first yeah. one left off yes you go off on some crazy fun adventure with kurt russell dad crazy spaceman <laughs> yeah. uh and you know it's you think what you wanted the film it's a lot of fun but there's not really anything significant that happens in Guardians 2, so we just want to continue it as one big story. Yeah, and as a viewer, you're you're still kind of in that like mindset of like you're in the cosmic universe and it didn't make sense, but you've probably grown to like these characters yeah. at this point and and now you're you're still hearing like the cool 70s music and everything and like just stay with it. And then but you probably are wondering, well what's happening on Earth? And yeah. then we'll make you watch Iron Man 3. Yes. That's uh this is where we're going to pick up where with Tony uh, he's going to go on a, a kind of a moody Shane Black adventure and not really <laughs> know what to do with his life. And he's all emo now, and he's running around Tennessee with some kid and while guys are putting stuff in their mouth and blowing up. And Guy Ritchie shows up, and he's a fireman now. And it's it's a weird film. Uh, we also find out that he's now had time to build 35 sets of, Guy of the Ritchie? Iron Man suits. Wait a minute. Guy Ritchie shows up? Yeah. Don't you mean like... Uh, ben Kingsley. Oh, I'm sorry, Guy Pierce, not Guy, oh, Guy Pierce. Uh, ben Kingsley the, shows up at a certain point too. Yeah, he does. He's the Mandarin. He's Gandhi. Yeah, he's he's a drunk <laughs> guy. He's a drunk British guy. Anyway, All right. we won't ruin the movie any more yep, than that. Yep. yep. Uh, an important note here about this as well is that we're assuming that the events that go on in Winter Soldier are taking place in parallel while Iron Man is flying off. Uh, trying to figure out why people are blowing themselves up. Right, because why wouldn't he call Captain America and all these people, especially when, the, pre- when the president is in danger right. at the end of this movie and right. we have all of these Hulkbuster and like all these Iron Man armors showing up? Sure. Yeah. What's going on? Well, we'll tell you what's going on if you watch the next movie, which is... Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes. Um, this one is where things really start to come together. Um, we get the introduction of uh, Bucky. But not really, because we met Bucky in First Avenger. We did. But we've now seen what he's become. Now we got to see him as a little kid. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But we, we see Bucky as Winter Soldier. There's a, a guy that he's been through this program. He's been brainwashed and, and manipulated and all of this stuff. We also get to see Falcon for the first time. Right. Uh, two of the uh, more pivotal Avengers that are part of the group. Um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is an interesting call out to where the TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. starts to tie into the film MCU. There was a point, yes, and I and I am not an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. watcher, and I know a lot of people are, so full disclosure, I don't watch it like everybody else does. But the cool thing was, there when that movie ended, and it ends the way it ends, if you were to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like the next Wednesday or whenever it was on, it would yep. pick up right where Winter Soldier left off, which I think is an amazing thing to try. Like they've done enough to like connect all of the movies together, but then to also tie it to a TV show. Wow. What other universe could have done that? They've only had like a DC universe with arrow and the flash and legends of tomorrow and like all the, but they couldn't figure that out. And they but sold out to CW. Marvel did it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Uh, all right. So after Winter Soldier, um, well, as part of Winter Soldier, we need to understand that this also lays the groundwork for civil war. Yes. 
Um, and, and the important thing to understand or remember here is that Captain America, because he wanted to save his friend, all of a sudden stopped trusting the government. Right. Um, he and was the kind of running program. around with Black Widow uh, the whole time trying to figure that stuff out. So Yeah, and it's about the government not trusting the S.H.I.E.L.D. program. Like everything right. that we set up in Avengers, like, I don't know about this. It's They're too powerful and like the government wants to whatever. And then Captain America being basically the Superman of the MCU is like, I don't think this is right. So morals, he's, damn it. he's all about morals and Tony Stark is all about the threat of 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 technology and like what's coming. Cause he has a, a sort of bigger picture as far as he might have a, a sense of what's coming because of these infinity stones, which we're about to find out in the next movie. Yes. This leads us directly into Avengers age of Ultron. And what we were just talking about off the back of winter soldier uh, now comes into full effect where uh, Tony is trying to protect earth after the events that happened in New York. Yep. It's turned into this full on thing where he's gone into full production. He's created, he's turned Jarvis into a full on AI now that is just, uh, I don't What's the word I'm sentient that I'm sure. looking for right now. It's not just building suits for him. It is actually running things for the Avengers. And somehow this AI morphs itself into a actual, I don't know if it's an alien being or we, do we even know what vision is? He's got double vision. <laughs> but somehow the the staff that we mentioned earlier, the blue Loki staff that was housing the yellow stone, yeah. somehow him and Bruce Banner do science and break it up. <laughs> right. And somehow that stone turns the AI of Jarvis into vision, this fleshy character, this Which being. His, in his in his forehead resides yeah. the, the fourth in our in our stones yep. the yellow infinity stone and, and we'll definitely see more of vision as we progress through this so stay tuned there we also introduce uh or not introduce but we bring falcon into the fold yep he becomes a legit member of the avengers uh as well as two other new characters that we introduced in age of ultron scarlet witch and quicksilver which are the only x-men apparently that marvel can still get somehow well not anymore now they've owned well, this stuff not right yet not yet officially through the disney thing but at that well, at that time we were able to get those two x-men we make no mention of their father being magneto because magneto's own, still owned by fox but we still get to see scarlet witch and quicksilver and scarlet witch plays a big role in the whole sokovia thing again we're not going to spoil too much we already have but yeah but the big thing to take away from ultron is at the end of the movie uh, again spoiler um because of what happens as a result of a bunch of people dying, basically, uh, the Empire Strikes Back of the Avengers movies, if you right. want to call it that, is the Hulk is so distraught that he decides he has to go away, or they send him away, or whatever it is. So the movie ends with the Hulk flying off somewhere. We don't know where. Into space. Yes. He's, he's gone. We don't know if he goes to space, but at that point, he's just gone. Right. True. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Ant-Man. A little bit of a cleanser. Yes. A little bit of a... <laughs> the, take a the, breath. Yeah. The Let's big have win. some fun yeah, again. Everybody dies in Ultron. But, right. but this is us. This is us. Again, our order. An entire country was just floated yeah. up into space and dropped. Yeah. yeah so... You- Let's take a breath and have some fun with Paul Rudd, who is always a good time. Yes. Uh, actually, one of my favorite actors currently in Hollywood right okay. now. Um, know that book, right? Yeah, this, it, learn stuff, new stuff every day on this podcast. Yes, we do. Uh, we saw this as a um, rating of the Stark compound, uh, not to get too much into the movie, but we got to see Falcon again, right. who was guarding the stuff that Tony was building that we've seen yes. in previous movies. It's right? certainly an origin movie of, of, of a character that you might not care about, but then will have some sort of impact later on. Yeah. So you have like Marvel has done that thing again. Um, if you do it chronologically, the, the way that they release it, it's a little bit different in our order. We're now saying like, okay, you just had this heavyweight of an Ultron thing happening. Here's this character that's going to affect things later. Now watch this. Yeah. But the tie-in, what we're saying is, the tie-in is what you just said, is he has to go invade his, a Stark compound. We see Falcon, who is a character. If you've watched it in our order, you already know who that character is. Yep. Here we go. Yep. 
So next things start getting really heavy. Uh, next we head up with Captain America's Civil War. Uh, this is probably uh, this is probably my favorite movie of the yeah. the MCU so far. Um, I, I think so much happened in this. It picked up right where Age of Ultron left off, and that same kind of tone of Captain not trusting yep. the government. Uh, we see was it William Hurt that has a role at the beginning playing the spooky government guy. Uh, uh, it, anyway, I, comes in says you have to give us all your weapons and we have full <laughs> control of all all your stuff. Again, give me, give me all your money. Yes, and Iron Man's <laughs> like, no, maybe we need to need to be controlled. And right. Cap's like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't want control. So we've we've got the whole like we've got the whole moment where it's like, why 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 Tony? Do you if I thought we could not be friends, I don't think I could bear it. And that's what we've got. <laughs> yeah. And now suddenly. We get this amazing battle, and and then and now our our good friend Spider Man, who's never been in any of these movies at this point, now suddenly shows up. But we don't need to do an origin movie movie for him because we know who he is because yeah. we're Marvel fans, sort of, yeah. right? And we also introduce Black Panther and his whole in his whole thing at the beginning of this movie. We we finally get a sense of who Black Panther is, which we'll find out more about later. Uh, the interesting part of this for me was that this is kind of happening in parallel. I love how Marvel has mastered the ability to do this without telling us. Yeah. We just read into it enough to understand that there are multiple different uh, there's the cosmic, there's what's going on on Earth, and there's magic and all other kinds of stuff going on. So there's these parallel universes within the same universe. So we understand kind of that Thor is not in this movie. Because, or the Hulk. Or the Hulk. Or Hulk, because at the end of Ultron, Hulk flew away. Yep. And Thor, uh, we understand, is fighting a Teletubby trying to get the other stone back. <laughs> He's still dealing with world. all of that. He's somewhere sure. in the ether. Sure. Right? So Thor is notably absent in Civil War yep. uh, because all of these things are going on in parallel. Uh, okay, so coming off the back of Civil War, we lead right into, this may surprise some people, Black Panther. Yes, and I think this is important. I know you didn't see it, but it it, it, it it's coming out May 8th, I think, in digital. So yeah. a couple weeks after you see Infinity War, if you haven't seen Black Panther, you can go back and catch up on this. Um, it takes place, Black Panther itself takes place a week after the Civil War. And then, oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. And then we and then we go back and we and we find out more stuff about uh, 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 Chala and, and yes. Um, you also, it's important, I think, in this one, they we're setting up the world of Wakanda, which, again, we said is a big part of, of Infinity War based on the trailers we've well, seen. We think that's where the orange stone is. We absolutely do. Stone. We absolutely do. And I, I don't see any reason that it's not. I don't think that's yeah. going to be a big surprise when we see this movie. We're just going to figure out uh, like where it is and what it is and how we get it. And right. Sure. But it's, it's a fantastic movie. It sets up this character. And I think... I have a feeling that Black Panther is going to be a very important character in the Infinity War movie, so I think it's important that you establish his character and you're rooting for him anyways. Yes. Because that, that whole thing in the trailer is like, get this man his shield. And you're like, yes. But if you've, if you've seen just Civil War, it's it's not as that that line. And, and I, again, we haven't seen uh, Infinity War, but that line and his loyalty to Captain America doesn't really exist unless you've seen Civil War first. Gotcha. Uh, another spinoff of Civil War, as you mentioned, we got to see Spider-Man that came out of nowhere right? and, and had a big fight in the airport. Uh, why, why'd Spider-Man come in? Holy smokes. Well, now we get Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. That's next in our order of, of viewing this. Um, since Black Panther takes a, a place a week after the events of Civil War. Because his now, father just died. Right. Now we've got Spider-Man Homecoming that's taking place roughly two months after the events of Civil sure. War. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming was a lot of fun. Yes. If you have not seen this, 
one from last year. It's definitely go see it because it's connected to the MCU with sort of. I think they did some deal with Sony or something yes. where we can we can have make a Spider Man movie, but we we you have to put Robert Downey Jr. in it. Sure, as Tony Stark. We get to see uh, a lot of stuff unfold, and it links Spider Man to the Avengers and the MCU, which from what we've seen in the trailers is like, going to be a big deal yeah. in the Infinity War movie. And Spider Man literally starts out with it like cell phone video of Spider Man fighting in that war from Civil War, right? In, in, which is fantastic connection yeah. there. Lastly, and this one kind of surprised me where it landed in the overall grand scheme of things, but I think it makes the most sense, yeah. is is Doctor Strange. Now, yeah. why would we put this one so far down the list? It I is, think it has to do with far, the Infinity Stone. Yeah, it's far in the list chronologically as far as the release dates of these things, right. too. And uh, it got to the point where like they've set up so much that like it's like, okay, let's give him Doctor Strange at this point. But you've got Cumberbatch in it, so you're immediately like uh, attached to this character. The way they set it up was great. Um, we did Dr. Strange, uh, here because, uh, we're still off of earth kind of because we're, we, well, no, we really, needed to we, get off of earth cause we spent three films on sure, earth, but we're like, we've just come from Spider-Man homecoming. So like you've, you've, we've introduced a, a backstory of this character. We think that you should now find out about Dr. Strange cause he's going to matter too. Um, and now we're finally introducing like magic within the earth world. We've done like the guardians of the galaxy thing where it's cosmic and this and that, and this and that, and we've done the Asgard stuff where it's, it's off world but now it's like what if you took that magic power which may exist in this universe and it's sort of like it's right there in your backyard in new york and you could walk into a building and there he right. is uh this also introduces as i was saying the fifth infinity stone uh Very green stone which important. we said was the time stone right correct so dr strange was in a weird way kind of like ant-man it was a little bit of an origin story it was an origin story yeah but it was kind of that breath of fresh air after we've just had three pretty heavy earthbound movies surrounding the events of civil war right yeah <sighs> last but certainly not least Thor Ragnarok yep. uh, is is last on our list pr- leading up to Infinity War. Uh, it takes us back to the cosmic uh, side of the MCU, and we get to catch up and find out where the hell Thor and Hulk have been <laughs> exactly. since Ultron, right? Five, six movies ago. Exactly. And then the way that that movie ends, it's going to tie almost exactly into where we are now about to watch Infinity War. Now, yeah. this again, this is our order. So if you're playing along at home, the Marvel people released Doctor Strange, then Guardians 2, then Spider-Man, then Thor. But we like the idea of putting Doctor Strange just before Thor because early on in Thor Ragnarok, you see Doctor Strange. So you've just met that character in the last movie you just watched. Yep. And now you understand why. Yep. Uh, so also in Thor Ragnarok, not only do we catch up with uh, Hulk and Thor, we also run back into Loki uh, as well as exactly. Odin. Right? Exactly. We get to see the... Uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it. Sure. Uh, you know, and again, we haven't seen these guys since uh, Sokovia in uh, in Ultron, right? Sure. So there's a scene where Loki walks past the Infinity Gauntlet and the Tesseract in the vault of Asgard, yep. uh, which I think is a very, very pivotal thing. It's one of the key things that I remember from uh, right. from Thor Ragnarok being going, oh. Yep, and he gives it a double take, and we've seen the trailer for Infinity yep. War where he's holding the Tesseract, so we think he grabbed it. We yep. don't know. Uh, and lastly, Thor Ragnarok ends with Thanos' ship appearing. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. We are ready. We are all caught up for Avengers Infinity War. And there it is. That is our order of the way that you should watch these movies. And, and if you need to skip a couple, fine. When we say Infinity Stone as you're listening back to this, maybe you watch those. But that would be our preferred order. I think we did a good job with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, that means you have to watch Thor of the Dark World. If we only want to watch the films that have the stones in it, right? If we look at them that way, we're looking at... Uh, let's run down and look at this. Uh, the Tesseract in Avengers... Thor Dark World, you've got the second stone. The third stone is in Guardians 1. 
The fourth stone is in Ultron, with the Jarvis AI turning into what would become Vision, and the fifth stone being Thor. Doctor, Rack- oh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. You're right. So there you go. Um, that's our. I, I think that is such a better order than the way that they were released. Um, not that I have any beef with the way that Disney and Marvel released those movies. They did but, what they could, but now looking back, we can yeah. give it to you this way, which yes. is probably a lot better. Oh, Whew. man. 10 years of movies in 25 minutes. Not bad. I want to, I just want to give a round of applause to Kevin Feige <laughs> yes. and the teams at Marvel yes. for really pulling off what we just rattled off in about 20 minutes was a monumental effort. Yeah. Just Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Again, if you're trying to keep up at home or if you're if you're if you're in your car or you're at if you're at the gym running on a treadmill, you can't write this down. You're like, no, wait, Nick, Andy, how do I watch these movies in the order you just said? Go to the website. Go yes. to orbitaljigsaw.com. We're gonna have this order there for you. It's easy to find. Just do it. Trust yes. us. We're gonna have a table that's gonna have the actual chronological timeline that where they were released, and next to it, we're gonna have our official concession stand order yes. right next to that. Andy, how was your week, man? Oh, well, um, today, <laughs> today, I just finished a 12-hour shift on a Netflix show that I uh, was called in to do a couple of days on. Um, it's produced by Jerry Seinfeld. It's a comedy show that's going to be on pretty soon Nice uh, with a team that I've worked with a couple of times. Great group of people. I did get a chance to run into my buddy Jeff Dye from Better Late Than Never. Remember yes. the show I did in Europe last summer? Spent a lot of time overseas with yeah, that I guy. I did. He's a great guy. Love that guy. And he just happened to be a featured actor who was like one of the early calls. And like he's like, hey, I'm like, hey. And like we caught up. And he's a big wrestling fan, too. So he Is really, he really? Yeah. And he doesn't live too far from here. Nice. But, uh, did you yeah, introduce him to Busted Wide Open? I didn't, but I will. Oh, thank um, you. But yeah, so it was good to see him. Um, the other thing I did this weekend, like we had a rare Saturday where the girls had nothing, no softball, no gymnastics, no nothing. It was just one of those things where like the universe aligned just like they did <laughs> for the Infinity Stones. Right. And we just had a day at home. And luckily, Do we call that, that a Thanos day. Sure, there was luckily the day that the uh, Nintendo Labo showed up at the, uh, from Amazon. If you wear this thing, why didn't you call me to come I play? Know, I know. Well, we didn't build everything, so it uh, it's it's for for the outsider, it's this stupid box of cardboard that you get and you get to build stuff. But if you if you have a nine year old daughter that's into like a lot of DIY stuff. And she can build a fishing rod out of cardboard, cardboard and like catch fish with the Nintendo Switch. It's amazing for what this thing is. I can't even do it justice just describing it to you, but it was cool to just like sit around and like like craft things with my daughter. And it was fantastic. The other thing that happened this week, of course, we mentioned it last week on the show. Action Comics number 1000 came out. So Superman turned 80, right? Um, so as a result, like Amy, Amy's a huge Superman, Christopher Reeve fan, just like I am. So we really wanted to, now the girls are older. We wanted to get them through Superman and they, they watched it with the same sense of awe and wonder that I did when you see this guy take off and fly. So a movie that is now 40 years old, where you see a guy fly without CG and with wires and whatever it was worked for them just as it did for me. Damn. And that was really special. That's cool, man. What about you? What'd you do this week? Oh, uh, it has been, I have been absolutely heads down uh, working on the new Orbital Jigsaw website. Um, Can't wait to unveil that for everybody, hopefully within the next week. Uh, Be sure to check out our new show, our new original show called The Podience, where we interview uh, a bunch of podcasting luminaries. It's a show for podcasters hosted by me, uh, interviewing some of the vendors and manufacturers uh, that are out there in the podcasting space. Um, other than that, uh, some you know industry-related stuff. I did several video game voiceover auditions for all I can say is a popular esports title. Okay, I'll let you draw your conclusions around that. Um, and for some reason, 
My girlfriend has never seen the series Friday Night Lights. I haven't either. With uh, with Connie Britton and Coach Taylor. I can't remember his name. Kyle's Kyle Kyle uh, Chandler. Chandler. Thank you. So we started that. I've seen it seventeen jillion <laughs> times by this point because it's one of those series that just makes you all the feels, transports you back to high school. If you've never seen Friday Night Lights, it's probably my number three all time favorite TV series. Wow. It's it's up there. It's that good, especially the first couple of seasons. Shield number one still? Uh, Shield is still number one. Game of Thrones uh, two? West Wing and Game of Thrones are having a title bout right now, okay. a number one contenders bout. Okay. Um, we'll have to see what happens in the final season of Game of Thrones before I put it over to talk wrestling terms. Game of uh, Thrones, fatality. Fatality. Uh, Game of Thrones yes. wins. <laughs> Well, hey, speaking of games, we have both been... We don't talk about video games on this thing much anymore, right? So we've both been playing God of War. <laughs> yeah, we don't week. talk about it, but we play them a lot. Holy smokes. Uh, but wow. I want to give the nod to go hear about all things God of War to the guys over at the 4-1-Owned Gaming Podcast. Yes. Those guys cover video games exclusively uh, right here on Orbital Jigsaw. So be sure and check out those guys. If you miss us talking about video games, I promise you they do a much better job with it than we probably ever did. Way better. And the thing about God of War is you're swinging swords and shields and there's a bunch of quickets. Landy, as you mentioned at the top of the show, we got a new Venom trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, we just watched it. Um, I want to give my initial thoughts, uh -oh. but I want to let you go first. I, I'm i excited. I'm excited about it. I, it. It says Sony in association with Marvel Studios. So, like, my first thought is how does this connect with all of the stuff that we just talked about with Marvel, right? Yep. But it's a separate thing. Um, I liked what I saw. There was action-packed. It, it had a sense of mystery, like what's the symbiote going to be about, and then how do we get him to be Venom? But that and Tom Hardy can sell a bar of soap, and I'll watch it. But there you go. I'm, I generally agree, with, genuinely agree with you about uh, Tom Hardy. I would watch him basically do anything. But some uh, th this trailer just didn't do it for me, and really? I, I'm not judging a film on its first trailer ever. No. Uh, let's get a couple of trailers in and. You know, actually go see them. Of course, we're going to go see this movie. Yes. Um, I, I love Venom. I, I think I'm going to miss the rivalry and fights and things with him and Spider-Man. Yeah. Does this just completely erase all the events of Spider-Man 3 with James Franco and Sandman and all of that? Of course it does. Uh, that, we have a new Spider-Man. I have problems with that. Um, it's just first trailers again. Spider-Man 3 is horrible. Why would you? Let's, let's get rid of it. Sorry. Go ahead. Fine. It's ropey American accent, ropey CGI. Again, I'm not judging it on the first trailer, but I kind of am. You're putting it out there, and it's nah. Doesn't really give me much to be excited about, other than that potential feud with Spider-Man. And if he's off in the Marvel Cinematic Universe fighting Thanos, when do we get to see him hang out with Venom or fight Venom? I don't know. We got to set him up first, and I like what they're doing. Uh, I think we disagree on this, but okay. I'm I'm excited. You also mentioned my boy James Cameron. Uh, he he's making headlines again. Uh, he hopes that audiences will soon get <clears throat> Avenger fatigue. Soon? You mean uh, after 10 years? Right. After 18 movies? I have no Avenger fatigue. How am I going to get Avenger fatigue after this movie we're about to see? Well, uh, has he lost he, touch? Is he turning into Lucas? I don't know. Are we not going to get Pocahontas blue people fatigue after oh! 27 bajillion Avatar movies? Oh, or another Terminator movie? Come on, James Cameron. Don't be don't be like that. Oh, he's not making. He's producing, I guess, he's the Terminator movie. It. It's Whatever. still his idea. He's right. still his rights. Come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, he believes that sci-fi. This is the important thing of the article that we read. Which he believes sci-fi is going through a shift into two categories. And I fully agree with him on this. Okay. Uh, we've got the one escapist kind of realm. 
where we don't really care and it's just fun, a la Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Like we don't care about the physics of how the ships fly or any of that sure. stuff, right? The other side of it is the realist side, which is where more like the Martian or Interstellar or you know humans actually doing science kind of stuff. Uh, I agree with him. It has kind of divided into that. It used to almost always be about the escapist kind of stuff, cosmic universe, if you will, things happening to crazy cartoonish stuff out in the the universe, you know? Speaking of which, if you were an Amazon Prime user or if you were a fan of buying movies in a physical form. What what are the what is that? I know. I I've, I'm I'm actually the last person to start doing this now too, but if Amazon has now decided that Star Wars and MCU movies physical discs are now only available to Amazon Prime users. So if you're an Amazon casual user and you want to buy <laughs> Black Panther in 4K Blu-ray in a couple of weeks, yep. right? You can't get it unless you're a Prime person. So so instead of just buying your 35 or $40 disc, you have to be a $99 a year. Is that what it is now? Yeah, it's like 100 bucks a year. Which I do anyways, but I'm just saying... So so Amazon's like, nope, well, you got to be a prime exclusive person. So what person is it going to be like, really, Amazon? I'll just go to Target. Yeah, I'll just go to Best Buy. Yeah. Or you know, can like, you order them? The, why why would they do this? I don't know. Is that there, is their whole thing like, we will end brick and mortar stores. You will buy from us. We are Amazon. <sighs> Come uh, on. The funny irony of this is that it's only about half of the MCU movies. The other half are still available as physical discs. Right. The, old, the older ones, they don't care right. about. The newer ones are like, hey, do you want that? Well, you got to be a prime user. Well, I'm all like, the older okay. ones are on the streaming services right exactly. now. So what are they? Anyway. Who gives a shit? Why are they doing this? It doesn't make sense. I just it does not compute. I don't understand why you would want to do this. Uh, next up, Samsung has unveiled new LED movie screens in Chatsworth, right here in California. Chatsworth, yeah, like the right porn up the street capital from of the world. <laughs> yeah, why would of, of all places that you could have put a new brand new screen like this? Why would you put it in Chatsworth? They had a big like a big like theater reveal thing uh, this week, I think, or this weekend, where they showed Ready Player One on a eighteen foot high, thirty foot wide, thirty four foot wide television screen essentially is what it is instead of instead of a movie projecting across the the row of seats that you're sitting in yeah it's just projecting like on a on a giant television screen this is it's not projecting it's well, you're I'm, right it's just like it's like plugging an it, hdmi right. cable into a blu-ray player so it's, it's, it's is it do you still get like the it's out of focus or it's it's like up oh, the red level is low or the uh, uh, raise the raise the contrast like how do you i'm i'm all for it and I personally want an 18 by 34 television in my house. Yes. Who wouldn't? Uh, well, I don't know if I have a room that has 18 foot ceilings in or, it. Or 25 bitcoins to buy it. But sure. still, you, <laughs> yes. you, you have... Like, it's it's something to get people to go see, like, here's the new LED screens we have. Now, we have the ability, being out here and being in the industry and being close by, we should probably go check it out. And we're going to. Oh, yeah. And we'll let you know how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, my question with this comes down to what are they going to do with all the big fancy schmancy super laser IMAX blah 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 uh, kind of screens that are like the Chinese theater has this completely yeah. retrofit uh, massive laser digital IMAX screen thing going on. I have no idea, but I bet you can't use Movie Pass to go see it. Uh, How'd you like that segue? Uh, Movie Pass is in trouble, folks. Uh, the parent company lost $150 million, not bajillions. That'd be too much. They wouldn't be in business. $150 million in 2017. Is that like a mini Bitcoin or how does I, that work? I think that's like one and a half Bitcoin. <laughs> 
Um, no, MoviePass is in trouble. There's several of these services out there now. There's Cinemia and, yep. and others, right? But MoviePass was touting $10 a month. Originally, they were like 40 bucks a month, Yeah. right? Then they came down to $9.95 and said you could still go see the same 30 movies a month. Movie every day. Essentially 30 tickets. Mo- movie every day. Yeah, that was the goal, right? So now that they've lowered it, they've just, they're not making any money. They have a revenue stream from some of these new subscribers over the last year, but it hasn't been anywhere near as much to offset the cost of doing this. So they have gone out and made a deal with the devil and signed up that if radio? you have thy heart radio. So one of the most notorious kind of numbers cooking, but clear channel, it, the billboard people that bought up all the radio stations in the two thousands. Uh, now they're, now they're getting in bed with them. And I heart filed for bankruptcy recently. Oh, well, there what you are go. you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, this kind of stuff just drives me mad. MoviePass is such a fantastic, novel idea. We've talked about this for ages on this show about they need to apply the Netflix model to movie theaters. And why aren't the chains doing it themselves? We'll never know. But now these guys are doing it. And they're losing money. And I just don't understand why you would go about it this way and why it's become such a big deal. And now I'm getting off my soapbox because I'm done ranting. Uh, This could be run so much better. And it's a shame because we need this kind of system in the industry that's third-party agnostic, yeah. not tied to NATO, not tied to the film, uh, the theaters, or the chains, I should say. So that's all I got to say about that. So you know who wins on this one? Who? The people who make popcorn. Oh, okay. Movie theaters, people that make popcorn, the, the price of kernels. We're talking about 10 bucks a month to go to 30 movies. Well, you would go to 30 movies, you got to buy 30 bags of popcorn at seven bucks a thing, yeah. right? That's $210 of popcorn that costs 10 cents, whatever the heck it costs those people. So you know what? This week, I'm going to give the grandfather of popcorn, Orville Redenbacher gets the Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed that uh, rundown uh, and new official concession stand order of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date leading into Avengers Infinity War. Uh, we're really proud of that. We took some yeah, time to really yeah, research that and, and and run that down for you guys. So as Andy said earlier, be sure and head over to the website, orbitaljigsaw.com. Look for this episode, and I'll have a table laying out the order of the episodes or order of the movies we think you should watch them in in case you know get a two or three days completely free and just want to yeah. binge watch 18 movies. And maybe you disagree with us. We want to know why. Absolutely. So hit us up on the Facebook page. Tell us what you think. Like, ah, you don't even need to watch a movie because blah, blah, blah. Or that's stupid. Why would you do this movie first or second? Like, we want to know. Yeah. This is what we came up with. What do you got? Yeah. Come follow us on Twitter at Concession Stand. Uh, leave us a review on the iTunes store over, or over at Podchaser.com. A new IMDB for podcasts that's out ah. there. That's still in a little bit of a beta phase, but they're getting ready to do a big launch sometime this year. If you like this show and what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash concession stand, throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar, sign up to do your very own Stone Cold Salute at the end of one of our episodes, and you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store and buy a t-shirt, coffee mug, phone case, all that stuff, you name it, hoodies, all kinds of good stuff, right? But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I'm Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson76, also on Twitter. But until next time, later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.